You're listening to the Property Nomads podcast, your one-stop shop for property, business, and travel-related content, tying it all together to help guide you towards success. If you like the podcast, please share with others, subscribe, and leave us a review. So get your gear together and let's get going. We have a blockbuster of an episode for you today. Uh, I'm just honoured and uh, privileged to be able to interview John Lee Dumas recently. This episode is short, sharp, to the point, packed full of useful content. I've tried to ask different questions from the sort of regular questions that John would be facing on every interview that he does. So hopefully you enjoy that twist. John founded Entrepreneurs on Fire. It's a fantastic podcast with over yeah, a million downloads per month. It's had some fantastic guests on it, including Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, Gary V. Barbara Kokorin, Tim Ferriss, and Brian Tracy. The show was named Best of iTunes in 2013. Entrepreneurs on Fire generates seven figures in revenue annually. And John Lee Dumas continues to openly share his income breakdown in a monthly report on his site, which is quite incredible in itself. This is short, sharp, this is straight to the point. Really hope you enjoy this. So without no further ado, here's John Lee Dumas. Uh, John Lee Dumas, well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you for joining me on the Property Nomads podcast. I'm going to start with a question that you may or may not have heard before, but do you think your life would have been different if your friend had never mentioned podcasting back to you uh, in San Diego all those years ago? You know, I really don't believe it would have been different because I'm a big believer in fate. And the reality is if I hadn't heard it from her at that moment in time, I was on a search. I was on a quest. I was open to ideas and opportunities. I would have found out about it the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, who knows when, but you know, it was something that I was, I was searching for. I just had to find it. And when you say searching for bits and pieces and you would have found it anyway, is that because you've just got that mental belief ingrained into you and you are always out and about looking for opportunities, creating opportunities for yourself? I'm a big believer in being number one, very grateful about what you have, but number two, being very optimistic about what you want and what you need and what you desire. So I really try to balance both of those things, always saying, you know what, it's a really crazy world and there's a lot that I have to be thankful for. There's a lot that I have to be grateful for. But at the same time, you know what, there's a ton of opportunity in the world. There's so much abundance in the world. Let me seek after that as well. So it is really having the mindset of both gratitude, but also optimism, I think, that's really helped me along my journey. And on optimism and, and mindset, is that something that you've just developed over time? Did you get a lot of that from serving in the US Army or did that come at a later date? I'd say perspective is the biggest thing I got from the US Army. Just realizing that, you know what, hey, it might be raining out today. It might be a dreary day. I might be having a bad day. I might be not feeling so great right now, but you know, in the big scheme of things, I'm not getting shot at right now. And <laughs> there was plenty of times where that was being happen that was happening uh, while I was serving in Iraq in the army. So just being able to have the perspective to go back and be like, you know what, life may not be amazing right now. And there may be some things that I wish were different, but at the end of the day, perspective, and I realized things could be a whole heck of a lot worse. In terms of gratitude, I mean, for, my, for myself, for example, I write in a gratitude journal, I write three things a day that I'm grateful for. Do you have a similar 
do you do a similar thing or do you just um, just recount things in your head as you go along? So I am the creator of both the Freedom and the Mastery Journal. And both of those journals start off day one with I am grateful for colon because I'm a huge believer that you have to start your day off with gratitude with something that you are grateful for because that's just going to set the tone. You know, I love the fact that you do three per day. That's super cool. I like to keep it to one because I really strive to be super unique. And so I'm not going to just say, you know, my family or my friends or my loved ones, or if I had kids, you know, my kids, like they will be one of the things I'm grateful for that I will from time to time, you know, take a moment and make that happen. But I think it's important to be like, you know what? There's a beautiful red flamboyant tree outside my window right now. And I'm grateful for its beauty. I really, really am. So really taking it a step further than just kind of checking the block and repeating the same things you're grateful for over and over again. I, I really like to challenge people to go for something unique. So I'll, um, I'll start implementing that and maybe start doing one a day and being a bit more thoughtful on that if, if that's the case. John, what would you say the thing that you're most grateful for in life is? Freedom. The fact that I have the freedom to choose what I want to do, where I want to do it, whom I want to do it with, it's to me, it's everything because, you know, I feel like I have an active enough imagination to really know what it would feel like to not be free, to not have freedom, to, you know, potentially have like a life sentence in jail or just to be trapped in a situation that you don't want to be trapped in with no way of getting out. So I'm I'm very grateful for the fact that I have the freedom to really live the life on my terms, on my choosing. I'm rolling back onto freedom there because as, as you would know from being a real estate investor yourself, that a lot of people get into that for you know the idea of becoming financially free, which in turn then leads to time freedom, which is what I find a lot of people are trying to chase. Would you say that it was the time freedom and financial freedom that drove you to real estate in the first place? Absolutely. I just was done having to show up every day, walk to a cubicle, sit in the cubicle, and then have like a list of things I had to get done that day within this very small box. And I just started to think about other things that I could do. And that's when I was thinking, you know what? I mean, even if I'm not necessarily making as much money as I might be when I was in corporate finance in that cubicle, just the fact that I'm out, you know, driving around and meeting new people on the road, you know, having sun hitting my face, the fresh wind, the fresh air, like it was just that kind of sense of freedom. I mean, I really do believe that, you know, had I been born two, 300 years ago, I would have been that person that would have been like, you know what? I'm kind of over this East Coast right now. I'm going to go West. And, you know, I would have been one of those pioneers that would have pushed West back when there was really nothing out there at the time, just because I'm always kind of looking for that next opportunity, that new thing. And I just love the ability to be able to, to do that. And you could have uh, founded all the, uh, or started all the gold rushing about a century before it actually happened then, if you'd have done that. It's actually funny you say that because I am obsessed with Gold Rush and all things Gold Rush. I've read every book I can find on Gold Rushes. I watched the television show Gold Rush. I mean, it really gets like my kind of innate core human excitement going when I see that stuff. That's good that you've got your own 
uh, you know, passions as well. And is there anything apart from you know, entrepreneurs on fire and helping other people and watching grow and, you know, all the sort of things that, you know, we would associate with being entrepreneurs, what other sort of, you know, activities do you like to do in, in your spare time that aren't necessarily business related? It's not business related. I'm really pretty passionate about health and wellness, and I'm really dialing into nutrition within that specifically. You know, for me, the foods that go into my mouth, like I'm really starting to take care and to really be intentional about it and to really identify how it, how it makes me feel and how certain foods may make me feel drowsy and other foods may make me give me energy, et cetera. And just how that leads to better sleep and just better overall quality of health. And so really that um, overall exercise as well. Like I'm really excited when I get back from my 90 day world trek I'm leaving on um, in a couple of days here, I'm going to be getting a Peloton bike. So I'm really going to be kind of dialing up my aerobic exercises as well, which I'm definitely looking forward to. And really beyond that, the biggest thing that I really enjoy kind of outside of business is the one sport that I'm really passionate about is college basketball. It's it's really big in the United States. And I went to a school that's uh, one of the top 25 or 30 programs in the country. And I just really enjoy the college basketball scene. And it's a year-round thing for me. Like even when the season is not happening, I'm still reading up about, you know, people that were recruiting and kids that are, you know, might commit to the school. Like right now it's the Pan Am games down in Lima, Peru, and four people from my college basketball team are actually on that team playing in this tournament. So I'm like watching those games now. So that would kind of be a big roundup of uh, the things that are, are the majority of my non-business passions. In terms of traveling, say you're embarking on a 90-day tour, do you find that traveling refreshes the mind? It helps you to put things in perspective because you might see things that you might not necessarily might not necessarily come across, you know, in everyday life in Puerto Rico. I wouldn't say it refreshes my mind because I'm really intentional about having plenty of times to really have a mind refresh when I'm kind of at home in my headquarters, you know, doing my day to day, week to week type of thing. But I do think your point is apt about the fact that being in different places being in different scenarios, that definitely is going to give you a different aha moment, a different way of looking at things, a fresh perspective on X, Y, or Z that could lead to something. And you know, I've, I've traveled a lot, so I can't say that it, it really happens to me a lot, that what I just mentioned, but I still love traveling for the sake of travel to explore new areas, to just, you know, it's a big, it's a big world that we live in. And at the same time, it's a small world. You know, I, we have the opportunity to literally essentially fly around the world and, you know, however many 30, 40 hours it would take, but, you know, so few people ever, you know, leave their backyard and I'm, I can be guilty of that as well. And I'm down here in a lovely island of Puerto Rico and sometimes weeks will go by and I'm like, oh man, I haven't even left our gated community. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, like I love having things on the calendar booked to go explore new cultures, see new things, meet new people, have those out of the box ideas and thoughts as a result. You know, we've already planned a trip in May where we're doing a 23 day river cruise starting in Amsterdam and ending in Bucharest that uh, is just going to be a lot of fun. Bucharest and Amsterdam, two cities I've never been to personally, but I've heard fantastic things about them. So I'm sure you're going to have a, a superb time. For people that listen to this podcast that you know might have never heard of Entrepreneurs on Fire, you are a serial podcaster. How many episodes are you on now? 
2,241. Wow. <laughs> how, how have you found, how have you found being so consistent? I mean, you've had some fantastic people on your podcast. I mean, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Brian Tracy. And how have you, number one, how are you so consistent with that? And, and then number two, to follow up on that is who is your favorite interview been with and why? You know, I'm so consistent because I'm really focused on the batching. You know, I am just really adamant of that. You know what? I couldn't do an an episode every single day if I was just doing one episode every single day because, you know, I would just get tired. I'd get burned out. But the fact that I'm able to really schedule eight, 10, sometimes 15 interviews on one day just wake up, say, hey, this is going to be my absolute Super Bowl and just go to town and execute on those interviews. To me, like that allows me to stay super consistent because now I can just look at that one day per week or that one day every couple weeks and just say, hey, as long as I just get up and execute that day, then I'm going to be able to stay consistent with my schedule. And as far as favorite guests I've had on, Aaron Walker comes to mind. He was just a great past guest. He's been on a few times now and he's just somebody that really gives me the mindset of what I'm looking to strive for because he has a quote that's going from success to significance. And that's really been on my mind recently, like, you know, going from just being a successful person to now becoming a significant person as well. Where would you say that you see the um, future of podcasting? Is it, is it just an industry that's going to keep growing and growing and growing? So right now it's definitely a golden age of podcasting and it's, it's been really on a good trip since 2012, just continuing to get more listeners and have more exposure. And the reality in 2012 is a lot of money's coming into podcasting. Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Oxbus, they're all really dialing in on this podcasting craze. So as a result, what I call the broadcasters, the professional podcasters are coming in. So the future of podcasting is this. It's going to be here for decades and decades to come because pod- podcasting, it's audio content and people are listening when they're driving, when they're working out and nothing's going to replace that because you can't watch video or do something else while you're doing some one of those you know different variant tasks. But the reality is, it's going to take people really stepping their game up and really being willing to be micro niche and being specific on the podcast topic that they're going to be talking about because it can't just come out with a broad, vague topic now because so many people are so good doing so much of the same things that it's loud and it's saturated and it's noisy. So the micro niche podcasts are really going to win going forward. A quick question from one of our listeners, Lorena Tomiasi. She does ask, how have you been able to grow your podcast to have over seven, you know, figures, listeners per month, you know, over a million listeners per month? I mean, that's an incredible achievement. So how have you been able to do that? Honestly, it's been the consistency. It's been releasing an episode. When I say I'm going to release an episode, I did 2,000 episodes in 2,000 days. That's five and a half years without missing an episode. And you build up no like and trust with an audience when you do that. And nothing happens overnight. But through that consistency, I was able to build up a lovely audience. And a complete off-the-cuff question. You have been, or you've starred, people might not know this about you, you've starred in a 2009 Bollywood movie of the year, <laughs> Yuvraj. How, how did you end up partaking in, in that? 
I was just backpacking in India and a limo pulled up to me when I was walking on the street and just said, hey, do you want to be an extra in a Bollywood movie? And I said, absolutely. And it was a quite a fun experience. <laughs> did you, did you um, was there any key takeaways from that particular experience that you've then adapted to everyday life? No, just be open to new experiences and have fun. Well, awesome stuff. Well, uh, John, I'm conscious of your time. So I just want to say again, a massive, massive thank you for appearing on the Property Nomads podcast and uh, enjoy your traveling around Europe and uh, you know, wish you all the best. Thank you so much. It was great to be on. Hi, Rob, again. I really hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Next week, we've got a really cool interview with Peter Jones, the property teacher. We'll be diving in depth into what it takes to be consistent in property and how Peter's kept going after 30 years plus in the industry. Between now and then, share this episode with all your friends, share this episode with anyone that you think will benefit from hearing what a multimillionaire has to say. And if you haven't already subscribed to our fortnightly newsletter, it's a tongue-in-cheek newsletter with a couple of random travel facts and a fact of the day as well, along with some you know, property-related content as well. Go to www.thepropertynomads.com. Go and subscribe to the newsletter and thank you in advance for that. Uh, and as usual, we are on all the socials. So go and hunt us down. Rob Smallrain, Matt McSherry or Rachel Taylor. Go check us out and see you next week.